www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Well, hello, hello, hello. I always feel so weird doing that when I, when I know we're just actually recording. <laughs> like, like to the to people out there listening to the podcast, you know, they they have no clue that we we literally just you know stopped for five seconds. And, oh, don't tell them our secrets. And, and picked up. It's from a trade where we secret, left off last folks. Time. <laughs> we are back, Worship Ministry Catalyst. We are here, your hosts. Kevin and David, and we're joined this week by Brent from uh, Medford, Oregon, right? Oregon, yep. There it is. Table Rock Fellowship. Woo. Yep. So if you're down in the Medford area, go check them out. Now, how, uh, I should know my Oregon geography better, so I apologize, um, but how close is Medford to Eugene, like or University of Oregon, I should say? Essentially, Eugene's in the center of the state. Um, the center west portion of the state and Portland's at the north point and Medford's at the south point. So we're, Eugene's kind of in between us and Portland. We're about two and a half hours from Eugene and about four and a half hours from Portland. Oh. So Medford's kind of at that big bend in the road and I-5, right? Yes. It kind of Grants turns. Pass, and... Medford, and then we're we're about uh, 30 miles from the California border. Oh, so if you were to just keep going on I-5 South, you'd hit, uh, what, right, Wairica, right, pretty yep. soon? we'd hit Wairica, Mount Shasta, and then we'd be in Redding in two hours. Wow. So yes. You're actually closer to more of California than you are to the rest of Oregon. Yeah, and we <laughs> actually are more Californian weather and all that as well. So, so, so what's the weather like right now? Because uh, here in the Vancouver, Washington area... Uh, blue skies is beautiful. It's what like I don't know, eighty degrees. Yeah, right around there. What 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 are you doing in Medford there? We're we're the same. We we hardly have a cloud in the sky all summer. We don't rain between May and October. Oh no, kidding. We, we we're nineties and hundreds. Oh so. well, that that gets hot. Yeah, we've been we've uh, here in the the Vancouver Portland area. We've had just a crazy wet wet uh, spring and summer. Um, and then it got really hot, and now it's kind of mellowed out a little bit. But it's, it's been kind of a weird season. Well, we haven't had a lot of forest fires like we have the last, you know, it's true four or five years. It's true. Yeah, usually uh, out east, um, you get some of the the forest fires, and yeah, and a lot of the fires that happen in Oregon are in the southwest um, or eastern part of Oregon, where we're at in the southwest because oh. it is so dry, yep. and we haven't had really anything this year either. So, well, there we go. I'm yeah, glad, glad we caught up on the weather. That's <laughs> we're, we're all caught up now. Well, I have a question for you. I'm looking at this picture of you on Skype, and okay. uh, I'm trying to figure out what you're doing there. Like, which one? Which one is the picture? Uh, uh, it kind of looks like you're either eating or smoking something. I can't tell. <laughs> Hilarious. So. I don't even remember what picture. <laughs> How can I go see it? <laughs> <laughs> How can I find this picture? I don't know. Let's see. Oh, there it is. Yes. Ah, this picture. 
I was hanging out with um, a friend from the south that was up for, for the day, and we went to this little coffee shop in town right here called Ashland, and they've got these really, you, you get these little espresso shots and stuff, and it was just this tiny little cup, and so I was mm-hmm. doing a pinky flare and kind of being goofy. Oh, okay. Nah. It's coffee. Okay. Yes. So we won't judge you then. No, you can judge me all you want. All right. I'm Good. We'll, we'll keep judging you then. <laughs> That's nifty. Uh, so Brent, uh, Brent's with us again. He was uh, yeah. with us on our last episode. We talked a little bit. I mean, we just barely touched the surface on the topic. Uh, we were just starting to skim of uh, being light in the world when you're a when you're a worship leader or Matthew pastor five trapped in the walls of yeah. an institution. Little Matthew five, <laughs> let your light light shine. Um, yeah, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, definitely uh, go online. Uh, go to our Worship Ministry Catalyst website or uh, just find us, find the feed on iTunes, whatever, subscribe to it. But um, uh, Brent, Brent said some really good things last week about uh, just this idea of, of rubbing shoulders with, um, you know, uh, just those people in our community. Uh, David, you were mentioning, you know, stuff you're doing even with your neighbors. Um, and, and I was going to say, just to follow up from, from our, our episode last week, just real quick, uh, we, we recently moved um, about, well, I don't know, I guess it's been nine months now. It feels feels a little less than that. But we, we moved to a new place right by our church, right by Laurelwood. And um, and the, the unique problem we came across was we moved into a neighborhood uh, that, um, that, Everyone in the neighborhood, except for a few people, have been there since the neighborhood was first built. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was built. It's like a subdivision that was built ten or eleven years ago, and it's all original members, all original owners of the homes, except for us and a couple other people. So we're all of a sudden thrust into this community where they all know each other. We're the outsiders, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had to be really intentional about trying to get in. Uh, on on the inside, so to speak, and and we're we're doing that. And I'll tell you, one of the things that really helped was um, I started offering to give free piano lessons to uh, the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, there's a ton of kids in the neighborhood. You know, I do piano. I've been playing piano for a long time. Uh, I I lead worship at Laurelwood from the piano, so it, it's 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 um, you know second nature for me to sit down on the piano and just show some of these kids a few things. But by doing that, I've been able to just build some amazing connections with the parents because as a parent, you know, when when you see someone investing in your kid's life, it it stands out, you know, and it blesses you as a parent. So I've been able to just, you know, we've had some of our neighbors over at our house and our our girls will play with their girls and I've been teaching some lessons. It's been really good. Very cool. And that's yeah. the kind of stuff we were talking about last yeah. week, you know? So you definitely want to go check that out. Yeah, yeah. So listen to listen to last week's episode. Very cool. Are you outside, Brent? Uh, no, I'm indoors. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want me to be outside? <laughs> that's... I was just going to be jealous if you were. No, no. I'm actually sitting in our tech booth here at the church. So. Oh, really? There yeah. it is. Yeah. Do you have air conditioning at your church? Uh, we do, but not this room, it's not on except for when... They're meeting it, so it's kind of a little stuffy in here right now. I was just noticing that. So, yeah, our church doesn't have air conditioning, um, which, you know, nine, ten months out of the year isn't a big deal. But there's a couple months during the summer where it's just a big pain 
just um and and uh, last night we were having a, a worship night. Uh, we did like a worship concert at our church, and you know, once you get all the people in there and the stage lights, and you know, it's it's already pretty warm as it is. You know, it, it got up to you know eighty five, um, eighty five plus degrees, and it was starting to get pretty uncomfortable. Were you perspiring? Oh, I was for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I think I think most people were just kind of mildly uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. when you're on stage and and I'm on I'm on the keyboard there and I'm jumping around and I'm. I mean, yeah, you know, I got all these stage lights just beating down on me. I'm jumping around. I'm trying to, you know, we're, we're leading worship. We're having a great time, high energy, lots of fun. And, yeah, it's just, just sweat just pouring off me. See, I sweat it. I sweat in our worship services, but we have air conditioning. Oh, well, then that, don't come to Laurelwood. Cause it takes then... me back to what it was like at my last <laughs> church where we didn't have air conditioning. Um, they turned the, turn the HVAC on to get the air circulating. But it would also like raise the humidity by like twenty or thirty percent because the HVAC was in the floor oh. and they had a really high water table, so it was always full of water. <laughs> yeah, and so so the humidity would go up. We didn't have any air conditioning, and the lights would go on. And I, I always had to wear like I had to wear more uh, formal clothing, not real formal, but like I usually had on a couple layers, maybe a jacket or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I was I would just drip and soak. I mean, yeah. like. I would always get sweat in my eyes, and so like I'm sure people thought I was crying. <laughs> like my you were eyes crying, were just you were just hot. <laughs> my eyes were burning because there's sweat in them. Like sweat's uh. dripping off my chin. I was like, uh I forgot about all that until just now. That's yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, I do the same at Laurelwood. You know, just uh, I, I I usually wear like a tie or, or a jacket or something, and so it gets pretty warm. Talking about distractions. There was <laughs> there was a spider crawling on my on my music this weekend during worship. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Like, get off. Like I, I hate spiders and I kill every single spider I can get, but like if I start smacking my music, I think it's gonna, you know, make people think I've lost it or something like that. Yeah, that'd be weird. So I just let them crawl around on my music for the whole worship set. That's cool. Yeah. Like that's funny. <laughs> so uh so anyway, we're uh we're talking to Brent. Uh one of the things I wanted to talk to Brent about was uh, they do they do their worship services online and uh, some some other stuff with some online community. So um, that's something we don't do. There there aren't too many churches that are doing that, but I I would love to hear kind of the ins and outs of how that works for you guys. Sure, um, it, it I, there are two kinds of church online. I think um, one is those that are doing it because uh, out of necessity, some sort of need. And others that are doing it because they see it as a new option for ministry. There's a lot of multi-site churches now. And um, when you have multiple sites, there's a need for better interconnection online with social activity. And you're doing video already. It's really easy then to just kind of create this this new, um, essentially another multi-site just being online. Um, we created it out of necessity um, kind of as as an opportunity for our people that may be traveling or sick um we really you know we encourage the kids department to have healthy kids in it so when you have a sick kid they're probably not going to be admitted into kids church or you're going to stay home with them and then people aren't able to be a part of church so we started this as an opportunity for um mostly our members and attenders to be a part of it um, to still have an opportunity to connect to church on the weekend, even though they can't be there. Um, it's grown into much more. 
Um, and it's consistently, I would say, about uh, half of the people each weekend are those kind of people that this is, thank you this weekend, my son's home sick, I'm so glad I get to attend church. And the other half are people that have connected to us through the social media world, through Facebook or Twitter, have been attending. And then many, um, we have a really good friend that, that is bedridden. And she is in the Midwest, and the church she attends every week is our church online. Hmm. So it's it's grown into much more. And in being that, it's grown into us having to learn a lot more and take into consideration a lot more, both the technical aspects as well as the social, spiritual aspects of it, and being really cautious that we're encouraging um, something of value and, and something that is actual and not false. Yeah, so... so uh yeah, regarding that, I think how do you help encourage community when it's you know when it's kind of a separate, uh, if you will, a separate thing? You know, when they're at home and they're not necessarily being in community with one another. Yeah, um, a couple interesting things I've found. Um, one is one is that we've just been proactive in getting involved with those that show up on the site if they have a social an online social presence, we immediately get involved with them on the on that network, whether it's Twitter or Facebook. We follow them. Um, myself, uh, Tammy, my wife, helps a lot with the web broadcast and is involved with that. Um, she's at in progress on Twitter if you want to follow her. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> little plug there. There she's it is. Cool. Um, <laughs> she's cool. She's cool. <laughs> we um, try to purposefully get involved um, with someone that walks walks in the doors of our online church. And what's great is that it's a much smaller group of people, so we can. We can actually converse with them. We can actually talk with them online. Um, Another thing that's interesting is people that are home because their kids are sick, and this is the first time they've come online, they check it out, and they'll actually get involved in the chat process online at church that morning. That And I've talked to a couple of these people, and they're like, I haven't talked to anybody in church for a month. I go in, I drop my kids off. We're late, so you're already doing music. I run in, I grab a chair. We do the service. I'm running out as quick as I can to get the kids, and i got to get them to lunch. And so they're uh, the, you know, heavily families. That takes place all the time. And so they're not interacting with people at church much. And for the first time, they're actually interacting with people at church. Hmm. Um, so it's really, it's really interesting. Um, you know, there's. I was talking to uh, our senior pastor, and he'll say something, or one of the teachers will say something, and a person on the online church will bring up a question. Well, what did he mean by that? And we can say, well, here's what his focus was. Okay, great. And maybe even give him a better reference for it. We can actually talk through. And in a, in a weird way, the online church reminds me way more of the original Acts Church than what our church sitting here in the, in the pews does, because none of these people are interacting and discussing the sermon sitting in this room. But online, we're sitting there interacting and discussing the sermon as it's going on. Well, I think there's there's a big uh, misconception about um, social media, and uh, I've you know I read about it a lot, like in Leadership Magazine or something, and, you know. It'll usually be some old guy talking about it and and talking about how it's not real community for this reason or for that reason. But 
but the only arguments I've ever heard that that bear any weight is that well, you know, you can't you can't like give somebody a hug or something. Although you know, on Facebook you can, but <laughs> <laughs> which, which I, I told one of the guys at our church this like, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, like, dude, if you want a hug, just come up and give me a hug at church. Don't don't send me these these hug invitations on <laughs> Facebook. It's, it's just weird. <laughs> I mean, but um, but. You know, for people like me, you know, I'm not I'm not a great big socialite. You know, I'm not I'm not a great big in terms of like people to people contact. You know, I kind of I, I get overwhelmed when there's, you know, a hundred people around and I don't know them very well and I don't know what to go and say to them. But and on and social networks like Facebook and Twitter, I can I can go through, you know, some of the, the recent stuff that's going on in their life. And then I can actually have something meaningful to say or a meaningful question to ask or some way to like to support them in a meaningful way based on what's actually going on, not just like we started this podcast asking them what they think of the weather. You know what I mean? And so I think in a lot of ways, at least for certain personalities, there there is potential for social networking to actually have a huge impact on on their relational connections with other Christians, you know, whether that's at their church or whether, whether it's only online with people around the world, you know, I, I think it's a, uh, it's a misunderstood um, perception about social media. I think there's a lot of misperceptions about it because we're still learning so much about it. Mm. And there's also style and taste, you know, some people like the online thing, some people don't. Um, <laughs> I always talk to people about kind of the MySpace effect. Um, MySpace came along and revolutionized how teenage kids communicated. Um, and then it, in my opinion, just got skanky and, nerdy. <laughs> and it, just, it just went to this yeah. world. Of, I know there's some great stuff on MySpace, but MySpace is just a jumbled mess. Is my is MySpace still around? Yep. Well, yeah. Well, whatever happened to that, you don't hear about MySpace anymore. Uh, yeah, th- for the same reasons, you know, I th- just people just stopped going there because you're just berated or berated or however you say that word with with sexual innuendo of one kind or another. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I've been on Facebook now for almost three years. I had a MySpace for about a year, and the way I was treated and inter- and how people interacted with me on MySpace was absolutely ridiculous with the way I'm interacted with and talk with people on Facebook. And it's much, Facebook is also much better at allowing, uh, you know, a person to filter just kind of the junk out. Right. But I I talk to people about kind of the effect that MySpace had. It it planted in people's minds a lot of misconceptions because it so quickly grew and so quickly became this thing. And it was mostly teenage-based. That the parents, the adults, older people of any age just didn't get it. And usually when we don't get something, we just find a way to discourage that. Oh, and it's easy to, it's easy to cur- criticize what we don't know exactly. or don't understand. And, that's, and so I think more often than not, the online world is criticized because of just um, the unknown. Not necessarily ignorance, but just n- no knowledge of it. Or a bad experience that happened online once, you know? So, yeah, there's so many misconceptions. And then bring that into the church world where we've got all our rules. <laughs> and all of a sudden people are like, you can't do that. 
Right. All of a sudden, we're going to have one nine hundred numbers on the church site. <laughs> <laughs> Only for prayer. Right. Is the nine hundred nine hundred dial nine hundred prayer? Yeah. Hey, that's that's the idea I've been looking for. Uh, I will pray for you for twenty five cents a minute. No, no, no. It should be at least it's a dollar twenty five for the first minute, and then you know. Okay. Yeah. Then then a couple bucks every minute after or something. And all of that's donated to whatever charity. Yes, yeah. yes. That's how we spiritualize yep. it. Ten percent, perfect. <laughs> but um, so you do you broadcast your services live? Yeah, we do, um, that, and that talks to the kind of the technical world. We are very, very, very simple in the technical world. Um, we have one camera. Um, it's a three chip camera, but it's it's uh, just a standard DB. It's nothing fancy. Um, so it's not a killer picture. It's a lockdown shot. And it's a wide shot of the stage. So if you're sitting on a little computer, you're not going to get a lot of visual interaction with the service. You're going to kind of see what's going on, but there's not a ton of visual interaction. We do zoom in when whoever's teaching teaches. So you get a little more presence with the teacher. Um, and then we, we use, uh, for, for the band, we use AVOMs and, and in-ears for monitoring on the stage. And so we actually use an AVOM and send a mix of that to our video feed. That's cool. Yeah, it, it ended up being kind of like a little 16-channel mixer where we can get a little better process sound in the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Of course, it depends who's mixing it and how it sounds that day, but um, which is always hit and miss. So the technical aspect, we're really, really green. Um, we know what we need to do to make it work, but we have not put a lot of money or time into that. We've focused more on the interaction once people get to the site. And then that is where, in my opinion, is the biggest experience. Like when a person walks in the doors um, of your church, they interact somehow. They find a seat right away. They don't know where to go. The kids are a mess and where's kids department, all that kind of stuff. You try to take away those barriers online as well. So we have a real simple layout. It's We use Livestream, which um, I'm sure the people who run Livestream are wonderful people, but I hate Livestream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hate Ustream. I, I hate all that stuff. Until you're doing your own <laughs> thing with your own servers, you're you're susceptible to their issues. They're all flash-based, so there's always problems uh, and glitches and freezing and this and that. So, you know, that comes along with it. But our page is just a simple live stream embed, and it's got a little chat box. And then below that, we've also offered the lyrics for the songs and all the notes for the message. And then if you want to go beyond that, there's a link to go to our church page or our Facebook page or our Twitter page from there and that's it. That's all you get on that page. So what has the uh what has the response been to the worship uh online? So like for people who participate in the worship at home online, have you heard much feedback from how they how they they receive it or how they participate or if they if they find it meaningful or, or anything like that? Yeah, I say we've been doing this for probably about a year um, maybe not quite that long. I think probably about a year I think it was a year ago Easter that we started this um, and I do not remember one time that someone has said they would never look at it again it's a terrible experience hmm. um, I do consistently get people saying um, that they were surprised how easy it was to watch and interact 
um, which is a good thing because there are so many things in my mind as I'm going through it and evaluating what we do that we can change and make better. Um, and that just takes time and sometimes resources. And, um, that's a whole side note, but we're not really willing to put resources into this because it's doing what it needs to do right now. We don't need a prettier picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm continually getting people coming up and saying, hey, I watched for first time last week. That was pretty neat. And I like this and I like that. And then they'll say it was a little dark or it was a little quiet. And then I can help them through some of the technical things that we're not able to do on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we get critique about it, the interaction, the spiritual aspect of it and being a part of it, I've always gotten very positive comment. So what would you say then is the most important uh, aspect to it that, that you guys have received as a church from going in this direction? for the people sitting in the seats that have to be home sick or bedridden or things like that it's they continually talk to us about the blessing it is um so i'm grateful for that and what that offers to to people um but from the standpoint of us as a church um we're looking to get outside the walls as much as we can and to be less focused that sunday morning is what it's all about and this is a pathway or window for the community to come in and see us without having to come in and see us. Um, and we have, I've talked to loads of people that in our community, I'll say, oh, I go to Table Rock or I work here. And, and I've talked to many of those people that have said, oh, well, I saw your thing on Twitter and I watched your service last week. I was like, really? And this is a person that's never been in a church in their life. So I'll be able to talk to them. So there's this really great opportunity, um, even in the midst of us just being simple and having church, of we have now taken our church from these four walls and put it out where it's accessible for a whole lot of people to see. And where it goes from there um, is up to them, but it, it definitely has opened that door. Well, that's really cool. Well, we're, we're out of time again. Again? We just really started. <laughs> but, um, hey, is just real quick, um, are there are there any other aspects to your ministry that you'd like to share with us? I know you talked a little bit like you have some recording experience or do you have, or like songwriting. I don't know if you have anything along those lines, but anything that uh, you wanted to share that we didn't get to? Um, I, you know, something that I think God's really been working on my heart lately with is just my general role as a leader. Um, and, and then that pertains to all the things you just mentioned, the songwriting and recording and things like that, because we have a lot of dreams. Um, I think as musicians, we have dreams to write, record, and have fun. And my wife and I used to do a lot more writing in the past. Our team used to do a lot more writing in the past. We don't as much anymore. Um, a lot of that has to do because me as a leader, I'm too busy. Hmm. And um, that's not okay. Um, I'm not... I'm not allowing others or learning how um, to train others into positions that can take place of me. Um, And I'm learning to do that now. It's never been a thing where I need to be in control. It's always been a thing that it's come easy for me, so I just get it done. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, especially at smaller churches, fall into that place. Well, it just falls on your plate, and you get it done, and you go for it. Um, I'm learning and trying to figure out how to better be a leader of a team that actually leads the church. Um, and 
then in that case, all of us are freed up to have more time to write and to worship and to pray, to read and all those kind of things. So it's been a season of busyness for me that um, I'm prayerfully coming out of because I need to come out of it. Hmm. Well, that's that's a good good place for us to all to uh, to try and get to hmm. where we're where we're uh, we're not we're not hogging all the whatever's but we're we're spreading the love around and giving people a chance to bloom and blossom in the gifts that they've been given. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hard thing to to do intentionally, you know, like you were saying Brent, it's always easier to um, you know, to to just do it yourself or whatever, but uh yeah, and and we we've actually David and I, we've actually done entire episodes on that. I I uh I think some of our earlier ones, episode thirteen or seventeen, or you know, not not like I had them all mem- <laughs> memorized or anything, but one of those episodes we we did a whole, uh, we devoted a couple just to that idea of leadership development. It's tough. Yeah. Well, and when you're doing it yourself, you you know you're going to get certain things. You know you you know what the quality level is going to be. You you know it's going to be consistent with what everyone is used to. You know. You know how it's going to end up getting prepared. You know you're not going to be scrambling at the last minute or whatever. I mean, you just you know everything, but when you put someone else in that role, then then you all of a sudden all those things are up in the air, and there's this potential for a train wreck every single time. You know, I've never had one <laughs> working with a volunteer. I've never had a train wreck on a weekend. That's good when a when they've been you know leading worship or, or whatever. But but there's that potential and that and that's what one of the things that makes it scary. But it's also one of the things that makes it so good. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's good. And the, the train wrecks that we can we can either prepare to not have train wrecks or prepare to how to deal with them when they come because inevitably they will. And uh, you do your best to prepare that they never come, but you gotta be prepared to deal with them when they come too. We had train wreck last week with one of our players and, and uh you know i talked to him today and really what it came down to was he was afraid to ask a couple questions because he thought he'd look dumb if he asked him <laughs> and i look at that as a failure on my part as much as a failure on his part because i've created some sort of environment that he was afraid to ask me a question that was simple because <laughs> he thought i'd look at him and go well, you're dumb <laughs> and uh and so it was completely a miscommunication thing and it was a great learning experience for both of us but there was still a train wreck this weekend yeah so you know you just it, it comes they come well thanks for thanks for spending time with us we really appreciate it and, yeah thank uh, you brent my pleasure thanks guys so you can get in touch with brent on uh, brentandworship.com www.brentandworship.com www. and uh, you can follow him on twitter at in worship and you can follow his wife at in progress and um yeah so so get in touch with brent you can find us online worship ministry com, and you can send me an email to david at worship ministry com or kevin at worship ministry com. and uh we thank you a lot for listening to us today we've got some uh, some other interviews coming up in the near future that i think you'll really enjoy and and uh we just hope you'll keep listening keep keep working on worship and spreading the word and and networking with other worship leaders in your area. Don't try and do it by yourself because it just isn't going to happen. And it's not as fun. Yeah. It's not as fun to do by yourself. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to, to get to know people. Yeah, it's fun to get to know people. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the great, th- you know, talking about technology, one of the great things about technology is we can get to know people like Brent. Yeah. Who lives 
you know, four and a half, five hours away. In Medford. Yeah, we can we can get to know people like Graham, who lives literally on the other end of the country. Yeah, where is he, South Carolina? Florida. Or Florida, that's yeah. right. He, that's about as far away from Portland as he can get, you know. Yeah, so take advantage of uh, in, what we're in the talking United about, States. The, the social networking, get to know other worship leaders, get to know us, get to know Brent, and uh, surround yourself with people who care about you, who are going through the same things and can support you when you need it. So, yep. hey, that'll do. That's it. Episode 72. 72. In the can. In the can. We'll talk to you again later. <laughs> Bye.